Tokyo Olympics have been a lot of fun to watch so far, and there's more to come. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Got a lot to talk about, including the women's 5,000 final. If you were up at 7.40 this morning, Iowa time, you saw um, Iowan, Urbandale native, former Dowling Catholic uh, prep state champion, Carissa Schweizer, finished 11th in the 5,000-meter uh, final running 1455.8 in her Olympic debut. I know she has to be disappointed. Um, the best finish ever for an American in this race was seventh. I'm sure she had her uh, target on, on that finish. Um, that finish, by the way, of 11th, ties uh, <laughs> her Bowerman Track Club teammate, Shelby Houlihan, from five years ago at the Rio Games when Shelby finished 11th in that same race. It was apparent uh, after 3,000 meters today that uh, Schweizer and Cranny were not going to be a force for the medals um, when um, they, they dropped about 10 to 15 meters back um, at, at that point. Uh, they did get back uh, to that uh, back of the main pack. Uh, over the next 600 meters when the pace slowed down again, but then uh, once again um, the, um, the the top runners about seven of them with about a thousand meters started really surging and um, and, that, and that was when um, Carissa and Elise Cranny were not able to stay with them and then it was just basically a BTC intramural uh, race and it was a good battle if you saw the, the finish um, it was really close between Carissa and Cranny for, for the top American finish and um, it was a fair fight um, but uh, Carissa edged her um, stayed in front of her at the finish line and like I said she ran 1455 which was just um, about uh, four seconds um, slower than her qualifying time of 1451 34 which was a season best time for Carissa she hasn't run competitively too much but um, like I said um, I'm sure she is disappointed um, not to uh, finish in the top seven uh, in this race. I'm sure that's probably her target. Um, and, and that's just the way the Olympics go. Um, but it was a really good debut for her. And to put this in, in perspective, 1455 eight, um, is, um, is a time that, uh, only the very best uh, men in Iowa can run. Um, we're, we're talking about, um, the run ablaze Iowa guys, um, she's running right with them. So, so that's, you know, phenomenal times that she's running her, her, actually her, uh, PR is 1426 at Portland in 2020. So, um, she's definitely a, a, uh, a bright hope for America's, uh, uh, bid in, uh, in Paris in 2024 and look for, uh, her to progress and to continue to improve. Um, at the uh, front end of, of that 5,000 meters, it was um, the incomparable um, Safan Hassan, um, who is African-born, now runs for the Netherlands, who really um, uh, dominated the last 200 meters, really um, with her excellent kick as she tries to pull off this incredible triple gold of winning the 5,000, 1,500, and 10,000. 
Um, she was able to do that, um, winning um, in an impressive, um, with an impressive effort there, 1436. And then um, yeah, 1938 to win silver for the second straight Olympics. And then Gudaf Tseke from Ethiopia was third in 1438. This, I'm going to, I'm going to call this race this morning, uh, the best women's distance race ever. Um, you've got six of the uh, world's uh, fastest ever 5,000 women in Obiri, Sagay, Ajayju, Taye, Sinbiri, Teferi, and Agnes Tirop. Um, they were all among the top 10 ever uh, fastest women. And then you add uh, Hassan, who's not even on that list. She's like 12th all-time fastest. Um, it's undoubtedly, to me, the best women's distance race in the Olympics we've ever seen. So uh, no shame in finishing 11th um, by Carissa there. And I also looked up this little bit of nugget here to, uh, to uh, look at it. I went back uh, to the medalists in this uh, race, and um, African-born women have swept the top three, the podium, the last five Olympics, going back to Athens. So there is a big uh, hurdle still to climb for American distance runners. It's still there, and um, the the African women are still um, uh, exerting their dominance uh, at this at this level. And it's still something that the Americans are, are going to have to break through. Um, and uh, by the way, Hassan, uh, earlier in the, in the day, um, stumbled um, with 380 meters to go in her first round of the 1500, got up, and it, it, I'm sure you all watched it. And it was just amazing how she was able to keep her composure and was able to roll back and catch the pack and, and actually win the heat. Uh, the 1500. So she advanced to the semifinals. She's got that coming up. And then uh, assuming she gets through that, she got the 1500 final and then the 10,000 meters. And uh, Carissa will also be running in that 10,000 final on Saturday morning. And why don't I talk about that now? Um, because the Drake Relays, uh, in partnership with uh, Greater Des Moines, um, uh, Travel Group, um, and then um, uh, Mediacom uh, also is going to be helping uh, have a, a cheer party for Carissa as she runs in the 10,000 meters on Saturday. Uh, this is going to have to be early in the morning. You're going to have to get up at Court Avenue, 5.30 a.m. Uh, to watch and uh, and cheer on Carissa, but it'll be uh, fun. Um, they have a lot of things going on. Um, there's going to be, uh, of course, the farmer's market starts at 7 a.m., but they're, um, in, runners are encouraged to do a run either before the race at 5.40 or on their own um, afterwards. But there's going to be a watch party there for Carissa, so that's nice. Um, Blake Bolden, director of the Drake Relays, said in a press release, we're excited to not only team up with Mediacom, but our partners in Catch Des Moines and the Greater Des Moines Partnership to cheer on Carissa. We'll be exciting together as a community, along with the Schweizer family. So they're going to be there to support one of our homegrown Olympians that has such a special connection to the Drake Relays. 
and our community. And um, I, I mentioned this uh, last week, but I think Carissa has a better chance actually to place higher in the 10,000 meters. I don't think the field is quite as strong, even though her 5,000 time comparatively is better than her 10,000 on the world level. I still think um, if she uh, can rebound from, from these uh, two rounds of the 5,000, I think there's, there's a chance for her to improve on that 11th place finish. So uh, get out early, 5.30 a.m. Uh, is when it starts. 5.40 is when she races on Saturday morning. I will have much more on the Olympics later on uh, during the results part of the program, but now it's time for the news. And it's been a very busy week with a lot of news going on, runner shufflings, and even a new race team being announced in Iowa. That is uh, is big news there, but I'm going to start off with... Josh Yeager, the former center pointer Banna prep, who has announced he will be continuing his running career with the Minnesota Distance Elite team. Congratulations to the former Stormin' Pointer runner out of Center Point Urbana, who uh, Josh was on my show um, earlier this spring, and it was a very popular podcast, um, certainly top five among the podcasts that I've had so far. Um, he says thanks to Coach Lundo, that's Lundstrom, Chris Lundstrom, for the opportunity to train with amazing runners and see how far these legs will take me. This is what he announced on Instagram. And he also says, I should fit in well as I'm next in a long lineage of Bulldogs, that's Drake, Drake Track and Field, and Jackrabbits, that's his uh, last university that he uh, ran for, that's South Dakota State, um, that have represented and thrived with MDE. Um, and he also um, pointed out that uh, when he was 14-year-old, he uh, wanted nothing more than to run the next level post-collegiately. Um, and um and he's just and and he adds that uh, I'll just say that I'm proud of myself for chasing and achieving that childhood dream thanks to all that helped me along the way um a really good story um wish Josh the best of luck there he is the fifth former Iowa collegian who is currently on the roster he joins former Iowa State runners Katie and Tyler German and Annie Frisbee, who uh, also ran for Iowa State, former and former Hawkeye Kevin Lewis, who got uh, married uh, over the weekend. So congratulations to Kevin. Um, so he is, so he's the fifth former Iowa Collegian, um, and he also joins former SDSU uh, runner as well, Joel Reichow, um, on this uh, MDE crew. So. We'll follow his progress there. And as I said, um, there's a new team out, um, the Running Wild Elite Team out of the Quad Cities um, has been formed. They announced this on Instagram Saturday, um, and here's what they said on their post. The Quad Cities was missing something. Um, they're talking about uh, the Big Seven race. Um, on my birthday, July 24th, about to fill that void with the sport of Run Wild Deport, which is Running Wild Davenport. We're proud to announce, announce the Running Wild Elite. We have a mission to be the best USATF club team in the Midwest and beyond, um, helping elite and post-collegiate athletes achieve future success. So this is a shot across the bow uh, toward, um, in my eyes, uh, the Run Ablaze Iowa team. 
which is um, certainly in Iowa is is the uh, top race team um they're the, the best uh, team of course that shows up at the USATF club cross country nationals uh races like that um so it's going to be interesting to see um how that all plays out of course both um teams have already announced new runners um the running wild elite team already has their um women's coordinator um, and it's um, Kelsey Alba, who just won the um, Big Seven, um, I guess, award for best uh, quad sidian. Um, she run, she uh, won that title, running forty six forty three, and she ran for uh, Minnesota State in Mankato, where she met her husband, who. Um, uh, <laughs> he he's still listed. Um, Devin Alba is still listed as a run-a-blaze athlete, so um, uh, we'll we'll see uh, if he stays with run-a-blaze. But anyway, Kelsey has joined um, that running wild team. She adds PRs of 17.51 for the 5K, and um, she's run 2.56 for the Twin Cities Marathon in her debut. Um, and the post said that she's looking to um, uh, qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon uh, before Paris. And they've also added a men's runner, and it's former Augustana College Division Three All-American Keith Sands. He works for Augustana College in Rock Island. So they've already got two runners on their team. Uh, Run Ablaze has been <clears throat> very active. Uh, their new coordinator, Tyson Wheeland, very, very active here, um, getting runners on the team. So good job by Tyson here. And the big name is Dana Herrick. Um, she uh, is back in Iowa, living in Norwalk. Um, she ran for uh, the Hanson Brooks um, Distance Project. Uh, for, uh, well, about four years, uh, she was in Michigan running for them, where she uh, ended up running her PR for the marathon of 232.19 at the Frankfurt Marathon. She also ran really well. Um, she was third in that Frankfurt Marathon, third overall, and she also uh, ran a really good times, um, I know, in, in, in Boston, um, at the Boston Marathon. So, uh, Dana is back. Um, she is the Run Ablaze Female Athlete of the Year from 2012 to 2015. So she had really dominated um, uh, that uh, award for uh, four straight years before she decided to take the plunge and um, and run uh, professionally with a team. And of course now she and Justin are back and they have a beautiful uh, baby girl Murphy um, and um, so she's uh, definitely getting back into the swing of things she did really well in that 70.3 Des Moines Ironman uh, race so look for her to continue to race um, Callan Khan is also back on the team um, he was on run a blaze for a while but he's been announced this um, happened um, sometime over the uh, over the Bix weekend um, didn't really see this, but uh, Callan is is a guy who is a uh, long, long distance. He's an ultra guy uh, now. Really gotten really good at that. Um, he's he won the USATF 50k road championships in 2020. That's his really his big skin on the wall there. Um, but he's also got some really fast times: 15:04 in the 5k. 
um, and um, 67.12 in the half and um, 2.22 in the marathon. So um, so he's on the team. Um, former Iowa Hawkeye, Patty Teggetts, is on the team. She's a She just finished her junior year uh, in Iowa City uh, with the Hawkeyes, so she's on the team. She's a former Hampton-Dumont prep. Um, she owns a college PR of... 510 for the 1500 and 1933 for the 5000 meters. Then you got Cody Bale, who was announced as another new member to this team. <clears throat> he um, he finished, well, I've got him for fourth at the NC, NJCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships in 2016. Uh, running for Iowa Central, he was uh, fourth in the 5000, running 1451. Um, that is not his best for 5,000. That's 1422. I assume that was when he was uh, all MBC, Missouri Valley Conference, in cross country for Illinois State. Um, he also uh, finished several, several times in the top eight nationally for the Tritons, uh, for Iowa Central. Um, and he's um, got some really good PRs. Um, for uh, 1500, 356, like I mentioned, that 1422 for 5000, and 824 for the 3000 is pretty solid. Um, and, um, and he showed um, really quality speed as a post collegian when he was in the Blazing Races, the, uh, the 10K event in April at Waterworks Park when he finished sixth overall running a PR of 29.39. So Cody Bale is on the team. Um, he's a new one. Uh, Emily Webb, um, we, we, we've seen her around town running around Des Moines. Um, she continues to really improve uh, the last few years as she's gotten back into running. Um, she, uh, people might not know this about her, but she's a two-time state champion uh, when she um, was Emily Van Oosbury, uh, and she was running for Emmitsburg. That was her maiden name. Um, she won the 1500 in 2005, running 446, and then the 3000 meters, she won a state championship there on the track in 1030. Those were 2A championships for Emmitsburg. So she is, I know, hoping to break three hours in the marathon. And she's got a PR in the 5K of 17.20 and a 10K PR of 37.15. Um, so those are the new additions to the team. And um, I guess Jordan Winky, um, uh, University of Iowa um, and Albia High School Prep is also a new member. At some point she joined. Um, she's now in Solon, listed as her um home address. Uh, I missed her in the results for the El Vela Pet on July 24th. She ran that 5K. She was a runner-up to Flannery Serban Bohach, uh, running 19.24 in that Decora race. She has a uh, 5K best of 17.59, so she's another new runner on that team. So stay tuned to see if this new Running Wild team can start a rivalry with the more established Run Ablaze team and if they can, um, well, take some athletes uh, away in the process. 
On to the colleges where Iowa State has rounded out its coaching staff with the addition of two new assistant coaches. Curtis Brondike, who is an Iowa native, has joined the staff to work with the multi-event people and, and, and also the sprints, hurdles, and jumps as well. Curtis is a Clinton native who... Uh, competed for Central College um, and was the Division Three national champion in the indoor pentathlon as well as a four-time All-American with the Dutch. He has been coaching at Central Missouri where he has led three. Uh, he's coached three individuals to multi-event national championships for the uh, Jennies and the Mules. I love those two names. Um, and, um, and he's um, coached um, 25 uh, All-Americans during, uh, during his time with the UCM coaching staff. And uh, Coach Jeremy Sudbury says, Curtis has built a great reputation within the state of Iowa, dating back to his prep and collegiate days. His experience in the decathlon makes him incredibly versatile in his coaching abilities. Uh, I believe Curtis is the best fit for our program to build this area along with our sprints, hurdles, and jumps groups. He's talking about the history of uh, multi-event student-athletes. So that's uh, great that um, Curtis Brondike is back in Iowa. Um, like I said, he was a really good um, decathlete. He competed at the USATF Nationals. Um, national championships at the trials in June um, for the fifth time in his career. So he's got a, a very good um, history of competing there. So uh, he's back um, in um, in Iowa. Yeah, he'll be uh, leading the jumps and the sprints and all those type of uh, decathlete and heptathlete uh, events that you need. And then um, Maria Sudbury, uh, Jeremy's wife, has been replaced as director of operations. They're bringing in Juanita Sanchez uh, to fill that role. Um, and they've uh, not only strengthened their um, coaching staff, but they've also weakened Texas Tech a little bit where she comes from. She was their volunteer assistant coach and operations. Um, Sudbury um, said about Sanchez. She's very organized, detail-oriented, has a great understanding of what goes into hosting championship-level events. She's been ready for this position while at Texas Tech and will add a lot of new, innovative ways of ensuring our program is productive and running smoothly. Um, she will oversee all administrative and logistical aspects of the track and field and cross-country program. That includes team travel, budgeting, equipment, home meet operations, everything. Um, so she um, has been at Texas Tech for two seasons. Uh, prior to that, she was an assistant coach at West Virginia Wesleyan College. Um, she was an assistant coach there for sprints and jumps. And then um, before then was a graduate assistant at Mississippi College for two seasons. Sanchez is a native of Bellin, New Mexico, and was a uh, student-athlete at Bellhaven University, where she got her bachelor's degree in sports administration in 2016, and she also got her master's degree in athletic administration from Mississippi College. As I mentioned, uh, she uh, 
uh, coach there. That was in 2018 when she got her degree. So the Iowa State coaching staff looks like this. you got uh, Jeremy Sudbury at the top. Dan O'Mara, he's going to be the throws coach. They got uh, him. Um, he's leaving Northern Iowa for that position. You've got Amy Rudolph, who will be in charge of the women's uh, programs, essentially under Jeremy, but she'll be the uh, the, the lead point person there. Um, you've got uh, Matt Lang, who's the recruiting coordinator and assistant coach. He's going to be an important guy uh, leading the recruiting. You've got Curtis Brondike, I just mentioned. He's going to be the, 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 the jumps and um, multis um, and um, sprints. And then you got Kale Wallace uh, added as an assistant coach. He'll be focusing on the distance runners as well. And then uh, Juanita Sanchez, who will be doing the behind-the-scenes work, uh, setting up meets, um, getting all their equipment set up, everything like that. Joining me now to talk about the coaching changes and all things Iowa State track and cross-country is former All-Big 12 runner and friend of the program, Abby Caldwell. Hello, Abby. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, how has your uh, summer been treating you? It's been good. It's been busy with moving and everything, but it's been a good summer and um, yeah, just adjusting to this new lifestyle without competitively running. So, but it's been good. Good summer so far. You're still not running though. You're still taking a little break, huh? I've been running every day. I still run like eight to 10 miles every day. Oh, okay. But I just haven't run any races or anything yet. So I don't know. I don't know what's in store with me for the future. I may do some races coming up, but not sure yet. So. Okay. Um, well, I understand you just got back from a family vacation. So that was kind of nice down in Missouri. That was nice. To... Yeah, that was fun. It was a nice way to basically, I feel like once August hits, the summer's over. So it was a nice trip with my family before I had officially head out and I won't be back in Iowa for a little bit after this week. So you've got Iowa state now has kind of, uh, firmed up their whole, um, coaching, um, Maria Sudbury, uh, her replacement now is Juanita Sanchez. She was with, um, Texas tech. You probably didn't even know her. Did you? I didn't know her. No, but most of the time we don't know really anyone, but like the, head coaches you know like the different event coaches but from what I've heard about her I think she'll be great I think she she seems like she knows what she's doing it's nice that she's been in a big time program with um track I mean like when you're doing I feel like the director of ops job would be a very hard job especially for track and field well let's talk about this job what um do you have uh, any day-to-day uh, relations with this uh, um, or a worker, coach? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the past, we have just because they, they were around or they would travel with us. And so um, I've always had a relationship with our director of ops. It was Eric Harrison prior to Maria, I believe. And um, so I've always had like a relationship with them and um, – not like I did with like my event coach, but um, they're definitely a part of the program. It's a little bit more behind the scenes, but um, I think I think a director of ops job for a track and field slash cross country program would be difficult because 
if you think about all of the different things, all the moving pieces, especially in outdoor track, I mean, like you've got the throws going somewhere to get their regional marks. You've got the distance girls, the middle distance boys going this place. And then the week later, we've got all, all these different groups going thousands of different directions. It seems I'm like they, they do split up their meets, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, which is, I, I'm glad that we do that because I know that there are certain meets that are better for distance um, events. There are certain meets better for jumps or throws or sprints, you know, but um, so I think it's good that she's been in that position. So she knows what it's like. Cause it, I think it would be a very hard job, but she seems like she, she'll do a great job. Yeah. She was uh, essentially doing that job at Texas tech. Um, yeah. One other question I had, um, for you about the coaching staffs. Um, he had Matt Lang as his kind of right-hand man. Uh, Jeremy um, hired him to be the recruiting coordinator. Um, he's, he's a distance coach as well. You know, he's got a distance background at George Washington. Should we be surprised that, um, that Jeremy kind of went that direction with his assistant coaches um, with Matt Lang and then uh, Kale Wallace, also um, a steeplechase uh, coach? Um, I'm not super shocked about that. I mean, I will admit, I don't know a ton about these incoming coaches just cause I'm not in it right now, but, right. um, I knew that he was going to have, was going to have on staff, like a recruiting coordinator, and then he was going to have an assistant coach. And so I'm not surprised by the decision to hire two people basically, to help with that. And I also know that the recruiting coordinator is going to be helping um, not just the men's team, but he will be helping the women's team as well, from what I understand. And so I think that's a great, great move by Jeremy. Um, for Coach Amy, like Coach Amy will have three different workout groups going at a time, and she's like starting and stopping and timing and all this stuff with and she it seems chaotic but she has it down like she she knows what she's doing but I know that it seems like there's never enough time in the day to recruit people and so having a recruiting coordinator um which is Matt um I think that is like a super smart move by Jeremy I think that all coaches would say that having someone help with recruiting is is like a weight lifted off their shoulders. So, yeah. and Jeremy's been through that, you know, as the, uh, as that guy. Uh, yeah. So, so he knows exactly you know, how crucial that is. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that, especially for coach Amy and the rest of, and, and Jeremy as well, especially with Jeremy. Jeremy's such a good recruiter. Um, like he is able to relate to a lot of like the guy, I mean, he built that, middle distance group up an insane amount right especially like watching it grow from when I came in as a freshman he he's a great recruiter uh, but he won't be able to be um, as involved with the new role that he has you know the director of a program has so many more duties and so having someone take that part is I, I think that's a really smart move okay so. okay well I think it's a, a- a really smart move for me to have you on our pro on the program. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to announce that Abby will be a regular contributor to the run around Iowa podcast. Um, my vision for this is that Abby is going to 
delve into the behind the scenes program or what she's experienced in the past. She'll be able to talk, for instance, about um, the uh, lead into the Big 12 conference meet for cross country. She can talk about what kind of workouts they're doing, what kind of uh, preparation that, that they're doing. So I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I am, I'm just really pumped to, to have a representative from, you know, what's considered uh, obviously one of the, you know, top 10 cross country uh, and track and field programs uh, in the nation potentially. So, um, yeah. so it, it's, so it's, so it's very exciting to have you uh, a native Iowan um, on the program. So it'll be fun to uh, hear your insights uh, week to week. So uh, yes. great to have you. Great to have I'm you excited. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I want, I want, let, let's go next into, um, of course, the big news is um, Texas and um, Oklahoma announcing that they're leaving the big 12 conference uh, by 2025. Now, whether they get out before then um, remains to be seen. It very well could be. What was your first reaction to that? Um, your thoughts? Oh, gosh, I I am shocked at And it's so hard to keep. I find it very hard to keep up with with because I'm finding a lot of my information out um, through social media, as I'm assuming most people are. And it's like, I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not true because then there's rumors that um, all the conferences are going to be like messed around with, like everyone's going to go different places. But I, I am just in shock. I, I It'll be interesting to unfold, whether they do leave and whether we stay, like what will happen. I, I feel like there's talk a lot about um, people – uh, schools leaving conferences. Um, this is the most talk that I've heard about it, but mm-hmm. it, I think it'll be very interesting to see how it all unfolds. Okay, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna look at this um, Iowa State athletes, track and field, cross country. Um, are they in the camp where they're thinking, okay, we just lost two conference members, but we've still got Oklahoma State to battle in, in cross country, Texas Tech to uh, battle with in track and field. No big deal. We'll just, we have seven other schools. We'll make do. Just give me my signaling. Um, <laughs> or are they, or, or are they cognizant of the reality that TV money from football and basketball is going to dramatically affect uh, college athletics programs uh, in a, in a huge way. And, um, and certainly Iowa state down the road, potentially. Yeah. I, I'm trying to put myself in the position of like, if I were on the team right now, like how would I be taking the news? Right. right and so right. I think I'm sure everyone right now is like a little bit concerned of how it'll affect them because we are aware that our sport doesn't, is not a revenue generating sport we need football we need basketball and we know that and so I think right now it's like oh we'll see how it unfolds like we're just gonna we're gonna try to bring home the big 12 title in cross country again this year like we're gonna do our part to make Iowa State great but I do think that they know that like this could change a lot of the future for our sport we our, I would say Iowa State, um, our 
track team and our cross country team, I would say we are very spoiled in the, in the sense of where we get to travel to the gear that we get, what is provided for us on trips. I've talked to people from different schools and I didn't know how good we had it until I talked to other people from different schools. And so, but we know that that comes. You have an athletic director who really supports cross country and and track. Yes. And do well. Yes, exactly. And so we are very, very lucky for that stuff, but we know that we need to be in a good conference to keep getting what we've been Mm, able to get. Absolutely. So I think right now it's probably like, okay, well, we can't control it. That's in three years from now or four years from now. But I think everyone is aware of the money, you know, like division one sports is sadly, it is a business. It is a big money business. Is it time? Mm-hmm. You agree uh, with Jamie Pollard that it, uh, that it is a time to panic. Um, he says it's not a time to panic, but um do you kind of disagree with that and say, whoa, we need to look here at uh, trying to get a couple more uh, school members here to make us viable? Um, I think that Mr. Pollard is very, very smart. I think that he knows what his next, what the schools, what the university's next move is. So I don't think that we necessarily need to be panicking because I do trust him that he's gonna like he wants he wants the school to be successful he wants the sports teams to be successful and he wants to be a part of a big conference so I don't think that we need to panic yet but if if they were saying next year they're gonna leave I would be panicking (laughs) (laughs) if you're Bob Bowles me big 12 commissioner let's put you in the hot seat what do you do Oh, I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you try to look to to uh, join another conference? Um, do you do you do you look to uh, try to join in with the with the Pac-12? Be be proactive here. I think, yeah, the schools just splitting suddenly. Yeah, I think that I would be um, discussing with making two conferences um, merge together. I think, I think that it will eventually be right now we've got the power five and I don't think that it will continue to be the power five. I think a conference will. um, Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be like, I think there'll be like four, maybe even three, four or three um, big conferences. I just don't know how it'll all um, settle. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think you are. Um, all right. Well, that was uh, good to get your input on that. Uh, so much to talk about. Uh, I know. <laughs> in the upcoming months, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about that for sure. Wanted to uh, get your feelings on a couple uh, of your former teammates who are doing really well. Um, Annie Frisbee. Um, oh yeah. Third at the USATF 10K Championships at the uh, Peachtree Road Race. Um, She's healthy and running well, really well for the Minnesota Distance Elite team. Um, nice to see her doing uh, doing well. Yeah, I I was very excited about that. Annie's a great person. She's such a good runner too, you know. And um, 
that was super exciting. That was good. I was, I was not surprised though. I mean, I obviously have not trained with her for a couple of years, but she's always so consistent and she works so hard. And so it was just a matter of time. You know, I think she had an injury maybe last year or uh, close to COVID yeah. maybe, but, um, good year to have it during 2020. Exactly. Be hurt, you know, that's a good year to be hurt if you're going to, and then, and then you have uh, Festus Legat who, um, Oh gosh. Yeah. He who, went off. That was so crazy. Like, didn't he run like 144? 144.47. Yeah. At the, yeah. Uh, sound running sunset to a race um, in California. So yeah. that's the time he's broken 145. What do you, what do you see as far as um, sky's the limit for this, for this kid? Uh, is he going to uh, continue to uh, get better here? Yeah. Festus is so good. He's, he's really good. And I don't think he's had a ton of injuries that I know of. And so that's really promising, but I think he does have cross country, but I don't know if he'll take it, but then I don't know what his plans are. I think he could really do very well in running professionally, especially with how his summer racing has gone. I think that's awesome. It's always interesting though, to see how different it is because I really think that in the, if he was um, American and if he, he was trying to go for the Olympics and as an American, I think he would really have a shot at making it. But I don't know the Kenyan times, so that's well, something he that fifth, he's fifth at their trials. So he's you know he's right. Do, there. What did he run there? Yeah, yeah, he was fifth in their trials final, so he was very close. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a sponsor, what happens next with him. So, but he's good. He's really good. I think the key thing for him is to get in with a really good team. Um, As we've seen with Carissa Schweizer, it does make a difference when you can get with a good, um, you know, a good running team. Exactly. Yeah. So, So. all right. Um, Any, uh, any uh, favorite um, moment so far of the Olympics track and field from Tokyo that you've got? Uh, Well, as we finish this off, um, I was super happy that the three um, steeplechase women made the final from America. Uh, they made the final. I'm excited about that. That's yeah. super well, exciting. That's your, that's your race. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Abby. Well, um, we'll have you on, as I said, uh, for future shows. We'll uh, delve into um, Iowa State uh, training camp. She says they have a one week training camp typically so we'll Mm -hmm. the next time i have you on the show we'll kind of talk about that week what they what they kind of go through what kind of workouts they do so looking forward to that um thanks for the time abby yeah thank you okay take care bye speaking of schedules at some point the university of iowa released their uh cross-country schedule Um, And as I announced two weeks ago, the Hawkeye Invitational is going to be on September 3rd, and that will kick off the season for the Hawkeyes. They will be on their beautiful course uh, on September 3rd, which also will serve as the NCAA Midwest Regional this year on November 12th. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, the third is when it kicks off. Then uh, 15 days later, they're going to the Dirksen Greeno Invite in Lincoln, Nebraska on September 18th. 
Then they're um, going south to the Gans Creek Invite, uh, hosted by the University of Missouri in Columbia on October 1st. Then uh, Hawkeyes will be split um, with their top runners, I'm assuming going to the Nuttycomb Invitational in Madison, Wisconsin on October 15th um, with the, the rest of the squad running at the Bradley Pink Classic in Peoria, Illinois. The Hawkeyes are skipping the Roy Griak hosted by the University of, of Minnesota. Not going to that. That's on s- September 24th this year. Um, then it's the Big Ten Championships two weeks later on October 29th. That's hosted by Penn State at University Park. Um, right before Halloween. And then, as I mentioned, the NCAA Midwest Regional. Hawkeyes will be host for that. And then eight days later, if um, some lucky Hawkeyes were able to qualify for that, it is going to be held in Tallahassee, Florida, um, right before Thanksgiving on November 20th. So that's Iowa's schedule. Have not seen official releases for Northern Iowa and Drake. I will release those. I will announce those. <laughs> I'm not going to release them. Sorry. Um, I will. I will talk about those schedules when they come out. Now I'm going to go back to the Tokyo Olympics, where two former Iowa collegians were eliminated in the first round of the 3,000 steeplechase. And for former Iowa State runner Hillary Bohr, it was a big shocker. He was running in the third heat of the steeplechase, and he was looking very good uh, to qualify automatically um, with about 25 meters to go, but um, he was passed uh, down the finish. Um, He he didn't seem to be able to answer uh, the surge by the uh, uh, runners who passed him, and he ended up sixth in the heat, and he failed to advance after running 8.19.60. Um, and also uh, Leonard Kipkamoy Bet um, also didn't make it. Um, he's, he's he was the Kenyan champion, so that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Bet was fifth in that heat, but for Bohr, um, he was a little bit confused. He said after afterwards in in the post race, um, he saw results from the second heat, but not the first. So he didn't really know what uh, time he needed to hit to hit in 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 qualifying. Um, ultimately he said, I just have nobody else to blame, but myself for not getting to the next round. I choked, man. There's nothing else I can say. He said in his post-race comments passed on to me by Mike Mahon, former Drake uh, sports information director. Thanks for, thanks to Mike for all his work in Tokyo. Bohr said, I didn't perform. It's a tough one. I know the fitness is there. I knew I have a good kick. I don't know what happened in the last water jump, the last 100 meters. It shouldn't have come to that. Um, Bohr was, did really well um, at the 2016 Olympics, finishing seventh, and he was eighth at the 2019 Worlds. Um, I, I, I believe there was coming in, he had a possibility to, um, to get a medal. Um, and, um, and so this is just really disappointing that... He just he, and um, and he had come off winning uh, his first Diamond League race at Gateshead in England, um, coming off that as well as the U.S. Olympic Trials title. So it looked pretty good for the 31-year-old, but but now um, sadly um, he had to watch the finals, which was won uh, by 
Sufin El-Bakali. That's the guy I predicted would win. So uh, Bakali did uh, win not only Boar's Heat, but also the final. That was uh, that took place earlier today. So we'll see what Boar um, can do. Um, he's going to be 34 by the time uh, the next um, Olympics are held in 2024 in Paris. Hillary's race was on July 30th. Two days later, it was former Iowa Central great Adva Cohen of Israel who was making her Olympics debut. And um, she ended up placing 14th in her heat of the first round of the women's 3,000 steeplechase. She ran 10.05.95 to not advance. She does have um, international experience. She ran at the World Championships two years ago in Doha, as well as the European Championships in 2018, where she finished fifth in the steeplechase in Berlin. And uh, her time at the European Championships in 2018 qualified her for the Olympics. Um, she um, she ran 9.29.74 there um, to qualify for the Olympics. Um, Adva, um, she, she, she was a nine-time champion for the Tritons, um, competing in 2017, 2017 and 2018, sorry. And um, she was also the USA Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association National Women's Athlete of the Year. So the 25-year-old, I expect her to be back in three years when the Olympics are back um, taking place in Paris. By the way, uh, the final will be August 4th in just a couple days, and all three Americans have advanced to the final. Emma Coburn, Courtney Frerichs, and Valerie Constine will be running in that final. It was Coburn and Frerichs who won that fantastic uh, world championships. They uh, they finished one two in that world championships in 2017. We'll see if they can pull off a similar um, surprise as well. Um, coming back to Iowa, just one result that I see, and this was the Camp Courageous Sprint Triathlon in Monticello. That took place yesterday on Sunday, and it was Tyson Wheeland of the Run Ablaze Iowa team that was the victor in the sprint triathlon. Uh, his time was 58.46. He um, was uh, over five minutes ahead of Reese Manternak. It's nice, nice to see Reese back in competition. Reese was timed in 104.13 for that sprint event on Sunday. Uh, I have a special guest coming up on the show later on this week, and it is former Pleasant Valley cross-country and track great uh, Mackenzie Yannick. Mackenzie just finished her um, undergrad at the University of San Francisco, and she's now uh, transferring to Vanderbilt. She'll be running for the Commodores. Uh, in cross-country and track. And she's a grad student there at Vanderbilt. Looking forward to talking to Mackenzie. So look for that podcast later on in the week. I will be out of pocket next week. Do not expect a podcast from me. Uh, I'll be on vacay, uh, taking my two kids to Kings Island uh, <laughs> outside of Cincinnati. We're going to see how good this Orion uh, roller coaster is. So I've got uh, several days of vacation on a trip um, to Ohio coming up. So um, the uh, Mackenzie Yannick uh, interview is coming up and then uh, off for a week. Until then, keep enjoying the Olympics and keep on running.